today we'd like to welcome back to the podcast my friend Stephen Crawford. Stephen is the Director of Alignment and Accountability Programs and a Senior Consultant at McGee Productivity Solutions. McGee Productivity Solutions, <laughs> big words every time, <laughs> is a consulting firm that supports companies of all sizes, from Fortune 500 firms to small businesses, in creating cultures of productivity. We love it. Cultures of productivity. Centered around their five disciplines of productivity, McGee Productivity Solutions programs include one-on-one coaching, training, and change management consulting. I'm going to ask you about what that means. Um, Welcome back. Thank you. It's awesome to be back with you. Thank you so much for coming back. We appreciate it. I'll come back as often as you invite (laughs) me to come back. Okay, good, because we got more. We got more in the works for you. We actually were just talking about um, potentially having you do do a QA. and a with us since you have so much knowledge around productivity and we can have people ask us questions. Oh, so, that'd be fantastic. I'd all right. That. So in the works coming up. Cool. Yes. Awesome. So since you were last here, uh, you've been busy traveling. Yes. Um, what has been your favorite destination um, lately? The last one I was at was Stuttgart, Germany. Mm-hmm. And um, I really love it there. Um, it's the people are great, first of all. And it's really not that hard to get to. Whereas mm-hmm. some of the places I travel to is much longer. When you go to China or India, there's a much longer flight and you got a lot more different connectors. Um, getting there is nice and easy. So that's a s- simple international travel. <laughs> Plus, I love the people there. I've been out there three times for the same client. I'll be going back again later this year, and I just really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So of the recent trips, I would say that's the, the ones I like the most. Um, I hear they eat a lot of sausage in Germany. They do have sausage there, <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I temper it pretty well. You're, you're uh, the that. Wiener Schnitzel is my downfall, of course. So a lot of that. I like that. <laughs> that's that. Awesome. Um, is that your favorite client to visit to right now? Um, well, they're, they're the client that I do the most travel for. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of by default, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to pick your brain a little today. So um, the last time you were here, you talked a lot about the weekly review as your favorite productivity tool. Um, so I just wanted to get a quick review on how that works. For anybody that's listening to this one that didn't listen to your last podcast, we'll also link your last podcast down in the description box so people can, you know, get the whole the whole deal on that. But right. if you could just give me a quick review on the weekly review. So the weekly review is set up for you to do. I do mine on Friday afternoons. Mm-hmm. You should really do them at a time that works best for you. So not necessarily Friday afternoon. If if your mind is set up that the end of your week is Wednesday, doing them on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But the key is that you calendar an hour for yourself and you stick with that, that time. If you have to move it around a little bit, that's fine. But just don't give up that time. Mm-hmm. Because the benefit of the weekly review is it gets you refocused. It allows you to look back at the previous week, recognize the things that you did well. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a pat on the back for the stuff that you are you won with, mm-hmm. right? you got to recognize those victories. That's important. But you're also looking back and saying, what did I not accomplish that I set out to do last week? Mm-hmm. And this isn't to beat ourselves up. This is so that we can course correct on our own. Mm-hmm. It's personal accountability. So if you had certain projects that you were meaning to get done last week and you did not get them done, you ask yourself why. And then you learn from that and you use that to do the next part of the weekly review, which is to set your calendar for the next week. So you're setting your calendar up for the next week in advance. Mm -hmm. And if you've learned that you're not scheduling enough time for sales time or you're not scheduling enough time for projects, you're allowing too much interruptions or distractions to pull you away from things, Mm -hmm. you're going to use that information to help you plan your time for the next week. And the key is that you're getting the most important things on your calendar first. 
those big rocks, you know, mm-hmm. the Stephen Covey big rock story, mm-hmm. right? Big stuff. You're getting the, the most important things on there first, important personally and professionally. Mm-hmm. Get them on your calendar. And then you fill in the gaps with the stuff that's less important. If you do that, and you can constantly do that cycle of doing those weekly reviews, you're constantly learning from mm-hmm. what's not working for you and course correcting so that you're getting more and more productive. Mm-hmm. Additionally, you're taking some time to do some strategic planning. This is your opportunity to look at your goals for the year, your opportunity to look at the projects that you have to make sure that you're on track with all those things. And what I find in working with executives one-on-one is that is the thing they're lacking most is that strategic planning time. Mm-hmm. They're getting pulled in multiple different directions. You know, she's got people coming in her office or he's got, you know, um, budget agendas that are really pressing a lot of stress. And the first thing that they give up is the stuff that's personal. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, you know, if you do that, you're setting yourself up for failure because you're not keeping that strategic time and a self course correcting time. Okay, so I have my own problem I need you to solve. <laughs> so I always find that my Mondays are like this disaster area of like, of just, you know, fires. Like, this is on fire, this person need help, needs help with this, or like, because everybody tends to like be doing stuff on Mondays. Right. So do you think if you, if I was doing that on Friday where I was like, this is what I have to be doing on Monday? Because it seems to like, those are just the days that just completely blow up. So a or lot of times, yeah, calendar blow up time. Yeah, calendar blow up time. You know, there's a lot of roles out there where things aren't as cut and dry, and people mm-hmm. don't have as much uh, control over their calendar mm-hmm. as I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, or me. The, yeah, there, there's realism out there when you're working with clients that have urgent issues, tax season for mm-hmm. you. There's going to be people calling you all the time with 911 type items, right? (laughs) So what I would do if Monday tends to be one of those days is I would pick one or two initiatives, things Mm -hmm. that you really want to try to accomplish on Monday and get those on your calendar. Mm -hmm. And then I would calendar half hour slots for hold for urgent issues Mm -hmm. or 911 items, whatever you want to call them. And get your calendar filled up with that. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of your week, get more strategic stuff on your calendar. Yeah. Then what happens is when you come in on Monday, say it's 9 o'clock, and you're, you're getting ready to work on this project that you have on there, one of those initiatives mm-hmm. that you said you wanted to do, but you get a 911 call from a customer, mm-hmm. all you do is slide those things around on your calendar. Mm, okay. So you're still going to have that time to work on your initiative. You're just renegotiated to do it later, mm-hmm. but you're not losing that time because you accounted for that nine one one time. I like that. See what I mean? Yeah. So you're, if, if you didn't account for that time, you just filled your calendar up with stuff you wanted to get done. Something's going to get lost. Exactly. Because that nine one one thing came in. So here you accounted for it. You're just sliding things around on your calendar oh, okay. and your rhythm of business. You know, for you, it's, there's even more of it when it's seasonal. Mm-hmm. So you, seasonal. you know what your seasons are. You mm-hmm. have the two seasons, right? The personal tax season and then kind of the yeah. one later in the they year. All kind of work. So it's, it's all a season. Yeah. So at those times, you know, you might have to, you know, give up a little bit of the strategic um, projects that you're working on. Mm-hmm. Less time on those, more time for reactive type work. Mm -hmm. But then be mindful because you're tracking your goals Mm -hmm. and your projects that as the season winds down, you're going to have to ramp that up in order to keep your annual objectives in play. That's really helpful. Because I do find like Monday mornings, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get some stuff done. I'm going to do this and this and this and this. And then none of that stuff happens. 
But then usually by like Thursday, Friday, like Thursday, Friday are my, like usually my in-office days. I am not going anywhere. I don't have appointments. I try to keep appointments out of those two days. Right. Those are like my crank out days. That's the day was where I finish every project on my list and stuff like that. So that's really, really helpful because those Mondays are just yeah, like. Yeah, but that's a good approach. Yeah. So you just know what your rhythm of business is. Yeah. Well, and I've kind of created. And what works for you. And I've kind of done that on purpose mm-hmm. too. And, you know, you can even get down to the next level of detail on that. Mm-hmm. So if if you have, if you know yourself mm-hmm. and you know that by four o'clock in the afternoon, you're kind of done yeah. dealing with people, mm-hmm. right? You're mm-hmm. just kind of like, listen, that's my time to put my head down and work. I don't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Then you, you start learning not to schedule calls mm-hmm. after four o'clock in the afternoon, right? Or if you're much sharper in the morning, that's when you do your best critical thinking. That's when you move your projects and you work on those early in the morning so mm-hmm. that you can be laser focused. You can be really sharp. So it goes beyond just the days that you're calendaring, but really starting to be smart about when you're going to get your best work done for the type of work you're doing. Um, so a lot of my, for, for me, I, you know, my tactical type stuff, mm-hmm. you know, writing contracts, that kind of thing. I'll do all that stuff late in the afternoon mm-hmm. because if there's distractions of the kids coming home or something like that, it doesn't really matter. It's kind of rote. It's mm-hmm. just work, it's just right? It's not really a lot of thought, but the calls and the strategic stuff, I want that uninterrupted time. So I do that at critical times in a day that works for my rhythm of business. That's really helpful. And, and because I get up so early, like by four, I'm usually done. Yeah. Because I'm up at, you know, 530 to go work out and stuff like that. So I only have so many, <laughs> so many like awake hours that right. work for me. So by four or five, I'm done anyway. Yeah. And the kids are coming home and, you know, we got stuff we got to do in the evening. So... Okay, that's really helpful. That's Thank good. You. Awesome. We're just going to solve my problems. <laughs> hey, therapy session. Yes, I love it. J-E-O King therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it's my turn to ask people questions. Um, so in your uh, in the bio, we mentioned the five disciplines. Um, what are the five disciplines? So McGee Productivity Solutions, we've had this this kind of mantra for a long time, but we really formalized it as a strategy for our clients in this last year. And we firmly believe that for an organization to be fully productive and have a culture of productivity, they need to pay attention to these five disciplines that we've come up with for uh, a culture of productivity. And it's alignment, accountability, workflow management, digital fluency, and well-being. Mm-hmm. And those five disciplines, inside of those, we have programs, consulting programs, and training programs inside of each one of those oh, okay. to support our clients. So, for example, you know, if I'm doing a take back your life personal productivity program for a client that falls under workflow management. When I'm having conversations with that client, they understand that this is where we're, we're attacking this piece Mm -hmm. of it, so to speak, right. With the take back your life stuff, but it opens up for them the scope to see where the other areas in the organization that we can help them with, or they have other people that help them or they do a good job on their own, but just having that mindset of addressing all five of those disciplines. Because you can have a bunch of individuals who are awesome at personal productivity, mm-hmm. but if they're not aligned with the company goals, if they don't have you know a good approach to accountability for themselves and their team, their personal productivity is not getting the highest and best use, right? Yeah. So that's why the culture of productivity is the key and so organizationally wide. Awesome. Um, is this a promotion for you, the Director of Alignment and Accountability? Yeah, that is a new title since the last time we met. I love it. Yeah. So so what is so what are you overseeing right now? So the, the way that we're set up is we have consultants, mm-hmm. and certain consultants are um, certified in certain programs. 
So for example, I can deliver just about any program that we have, but there's other consultants that maybe they're only certified in Take Back Your Life and driving productivity through Microsoft Teams. Mm -hmm. And then other ones might be certified in cultivating accountability and team accountability programs and things like that. Well, since we don't have them reporting to individual leaders, Mm -hmm. we have program leaders. Mm So I'm the program leader for the alignment accountability program. So all the programs that roll underneath there, Mm -hmm. like the strategic team planning alignment program, the cultivating accountability accountability program and so forth, the executive one-on-one coaching, Mm -hmm. I'm responsible for those programs. So what that means is I'm responsible for the content. I'm responsible for certifying consultants to be able to deliver that content. And then I help them in the sales process. So, you know, the pricing and, you know, coming up with all the logistics and stuff like that for a larger engagement because it's not a training on those. It's, you know, those could be six-month engagements for cultivating accountability or doing a strategic team plan for for an organization that without help they wouldn't be able to do. So it gives them more tools because they have a leader of those programs. Um, One of my colleagues, Jen Wilmeth, is the director for the workflow management stuff. Mm -hmm. So the Take Back Your Life content. All rolls stuff. up through her. The team productivity program rolls up through her. So she she owns that content and getting people certified. That's awesome. So, for example, she certified me <laughs> in Take Back Your Life and in um, uh-huh. the team productivity program. Awesome. So you guys have kind of worked with, you know, what your, you know, what's your, what is, what works for best for your personalities and things like that. She's probably super process oriented. And yeah, organizational um, skill set and then your background. So mm-hmm. I came from 20 years as an executive in large firms. Um, so I lived that life. Yeah. So the executive coaching piece comes to me naturally, and I love doing it. Mm-hmm. And then the change management work that we do to larger programs, mm-hmm. um, my skill set and background lends to very well to me leading that. Awesome. Whereas you know we have other people that have skill sets in in the well being area, for example, um, which is awesome. You know, and they, awesome. they have all that energy and all that skill set that um, I'm just in awe of. And that's <laughs> not that's not the skill set I'm in. Mm-hmm. You know, the the softer stuff. Yeah. As you can tell. <laughs> kind of just like a driver, right? Yeah, we just do yeah. the things. Let's do it. Just get her done. Let's do it. Um, so what is your current favorite program to deliver? Um, it's definitely the executive one-on-one experience. Mm-hmm. Um, not only because I've felt that pain before, but the the change that happens in that process is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The feedback I get from my clients is constantly like this way exceeded what I thought it was going to be. It went so much deeper. I had one gentleman told, credit me for saving his marriage. Oh, wow. Now, I'm not going to take credit for that, <laughs> but but because uh, he did the work. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that are impactful beyond the scope of personal productivity that mm-hmm. we get into in an executive one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, personal issues come up sometimes, but you know, it could be once you get through the, the personal productivity piece, how are you communicating with your team? Is that effective? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your leadership style, how you're, how you're working with other leaders in your organization. What are your goals and aspirations inside of this firm or elsewhere? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, what are you doing to get yourself in the best position for that? It goes a lot deeper than just a productivity piece. The productivity mm-hmm. piece is key mm-hmm. to get them to get that time back, that mm-hmm. two hours a day of productivity they win back and get their stuff in order, so to speak. I'm glad I said stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, You can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, this, is, this is a cable program, right? <laughs> yeah, it's um, really good. <laughs> but, you know, to, to as you're going through that process, a, a good coach is a good listener. Right. And I hear a lot of opportunities for things where there might be something that we can help with. And it just 
it's so organic. You don't go in with an agenda on these things other mm -hmm. than the productivity piece of it. Mm -hmm. The rest of it just happens as it happens, and it's awesome. And it's more about me really asking a lot of questions and listening mm -hmm. and really helping them come up with solutions and then just helping them implement them. That's really awesome. So um, so that's your favorite one to deliver because of the change you see in people? Because it's a, it's more intimate. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love doing the trainings and, and the other stuff too, the, yeah. the, the change management stuff. But that's all with a big group of people. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a lot of change that happens there and a lot of impact, which is great. But there's something about that one-on-one -on -one that just really just hits me in the heart. Because you get to see yeah. as much yeah, change as possible. Yeah, and it, it's... Um, it's personally fulfilling, mm -hmm. you know, you know enough about me to know that through my church and mm -hmm. in my personal life, I do a lot of mentoring and stuff sure like that do. as well. And that has served me well, um, in this executive coaching piece mm -hmm. and the executive coaching has served me well in the mentoring that I do, um, through my church and so forth. And I just get a lot out of that. I think that's the best way for me to give back to people mm -hmm. and to be of service to people. Mm -hmm. And, um, just That's why it's do. my favorite. Yeah, it's just, it's in my DNA. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. Um, which is why you know a ton of people and you have a ton of amazing people in your life. Because yeah. of that mentoring piece. Yeah. Surround yourself with great people. For sure. Um, anything going on with McGee Productivity you can talk about? Anything in the works that you guys are creating? There's a lot of things happening. So the last time I was here, I talked a little bit about, I think I just scratched the surface that we're, we're moving into more of the di digital learning piece. Mm -hmm. Um, that is continuing to evolve. Awesome. We've got a lot more content on our McGee learning system. Um, that's accessed a couple different ways. So graduates of our programs, mm -hmm. they get onto that system for typically 90 days as part of the program, mm -hmm. which has continual education forum and awesome. all kinds of stuff. But we're at the point now where we're ready to monetize that and push that out publicly where people can go on and they can take an online Take Back Your Life class. Oh, that's self paced. Awesome. Um, they can do that in both um, you know, the Outlook uh, platform or in the G Suite platform, um, they can go on there and get. Guys yeah, Thank yeah, we're working on much. that. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> right now, it's fully done in Spanish, believe it or not, but not in English. Oh, well, because, I will just have to take the Spanish yeah, one. So that I, can I brush up your Spanish skills. I'd probably be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the content that we have there is a, a gentleman named Joel who joined our team early last year, who's really been fantastic with that. He's just been heads down, really just interviewing consultants, mm -hmm. looking at our content breaking it apart and then working with Jennifer, um, mm -hmm. who's the director for those workflow management stuff. Um, they're just really getting good stuff in their videos, um, tr self paced training, uh, quick tips. Um, there's another term for one of them that is, uh, um, that's escaping me, but okay. it's basically, you know, little things you can click on. Like if you say, um, man, I just forgot how to color code, mm -hmm. you know, you can click on a little 90 second video and I'll walk it right through all that. Oh, that's awesome. So little snippets like that as well. So that's continuing to evolve. I think by uh, the end of Q2, it'll be fully loaded as far as, you know, ready for prime time for Can't everybody wait. out there. Yeah, which is really exciting because not only for our existing clients mm -hmm. who maybe have put their entire, you know, information worker um, workforce through programs for training, mm -hmm. they can continue to support them with this. Mm -hmm. um, but also it could be an inroad into us for people that are just looking for specific little trainings. They go to that, they see that and they get great value from it. They learn about our other programs and it becomes mm -hmm. a business development tool as well. I'm just stoked about the G Suite. Yeah. I have a ton of clients that use G, we use G Suite and we have a ton of clients on G Suite and I can't when when I originally did the training with you, I was like, "This is Microsoft," and I tried to use Outlook for a while, yeah. and I was like, 
no, gotta go back to Jesus. Well, the concepts, you know, are, are universal. They are. They're, they're, they're really not um, specific to any kind of technology, mm-hmm. but it's the shortcuts, the, the settings Tasks, and things like that, so how you do that in different yeah. modems and kind of... There's a lot of smaller businesses that use G Suite, mm-hmm. but what I found in South America, in the Latam countries, there's a lot of that. That's oh, why we have it in Spanish. One of our colleagues lives down there, and she create, she translated everything into that to be able to deliver for them. Oh, that's amazing. So that's kind of what spurred it. We do that all the time. You know, a client needs something specific, we'll customize it, and then sometimes it becomes a program of its own. I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm stoked about that one um, because I love G Suite, and I can't wait to, you know, I have applied some of the things that I've learned in, t- from you to to do that in G Suite, but I know there's I'm probably missing a ton of stuff, yeah. and a ton of well, other like, options. And you know, the concepts and methodologies around calendaring, using a 4 d for email, mm-hmm. you know, your reference system and all that, technology agnostic. That's all the same, yeah. But it'd be nice for G Suite users to get some of the benefits that our, our Outlook users get by using things like quick parts and quick steps and, you know, templates and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that's what's be, being included into the G Suite. Stuff. And G Suite's been adding all that stuff mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Um, right now it's got like a quick response option. A lot of the, I've turned that on and a lot of the time it's like, it's exactly what I would say. And I'm like, yes, do that. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah. Somebody just responded to your emails for yeah, you. That's thank awesome. Thank you little robot. Yes. I really appreciate this. <laughs> makes my life easier. It reminds me of a story. I was doing a coaching for a guy one time and um, we were trying to figure out what rules to set up for his email. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was easy to pick the stuff that was junk and just create rules to automatically put that to junk. And what things do you think you might need to read, but it's not urgent. So Mm -hmm. maybe you put them in a read folder Mm -hmm. and then schedule time once a week to read that folder. We are really helping him out with it. And, you know, I thought, wow, man, he's going to love this. This is great. Mm-hmm. And he, at the end of it, said, wow, this this is awesome. But he goes, you know, I just have a question. Can I just create a rule that says everything that comes to my inbox goes to deleted items? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you could, but uh, I don't know how much longer you'd have your job if you did that. But it just reminded me of that when you said that the autoresponder. I'm like, yeah. oh, pretty much can just have all robots do yeah, everything for me. Yeah, we just delete everything. That'd be great. That, that would be great. I went, uh, Nick and I went to Mexico back in November and I, I was actually reading about the ways people deal with, you know, all like their barrage of emails when they get back. And I was reading that somebody would just delete absolutely everything and then just send an email to everybody and be like, if you sent me an email and it was important, just resend it for me. Um, you know, something happened to them or whatever. Right. And he'd like, and he'd get like five emails instead of like, you know, the 20 or whatever, because that's people an approach. figured it out, yeah. right? That's an approach. <laughs> I, I, like, I wouldn't recommend it. I was but. like, that's really fascinating. That's not something I would personally mm. do, but I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you know, I take a little different approach to that, but I do talk about that. When you go on PTO, when you, the night before you come back, you're stressing because you know you're going to have 10,000 emails. The first thing you should do is run the cleanup tool because mm-hmm. that's going to take those chain emails and reduce mm-hmm. those out for you. Mm-hmm. Typically, you get about a 12% reduction mm-hmm. just by doing that. Mm-hmm. And then I quickly will sort it by subject and then see what things in there I can get rid of easily. Mm-hmm. Then I'll sort it by who it's from and see what I can get rid of easily there. So I mass delete mm-hmm. stuff quickly by sorting like that. Then what's left Mm-hmm. when you sort it back by date again, now you can go through and start to process your email using the four D's. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is this something that is deletable? Delete, you know, mm-hmm. is it action, respond if I can do it in less than two minutes or create a task out of it. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Um, is this something somebody else should be doing? Then I'm going to delegate it, right? Send, Send it. it to somebody else. If they else. haven't already replied, I have to, you know, yep. delegate it. Yep. The reason I, that the other approach, I know it was kind of in jest, but, you know, the, to me, while that might be good for you and your mm-hmm. organization, you're creating more work for somebody else. Right. Um, and really some of that stuff you deleted might have been referenceable stuff that you wanted to see right. and nobody's going to send that back to you again right because right? it, it yeah because it came from you know a different source than your yeah order, and so. what i've un, what i've done in g suite is they have the priority inbox situation and so i'm really really careful about i inbox zero my priority stuff everything else just like i just hide it basically it becomes like, like a basically another folder a reference yeah folder. i just don't even i just don't even look at it really unless i feel like or like i'll just review it real quick to make sure that's something that should have been priority is mm-hmm. not in there and then i just pretend like it doesn't exist yeah and you know as <laughs> as you do that you know when you do take time sometime just maybe you're an hour a month you say i'm gonna go back there and look at that non-priority mm-hmm. stuff and mm-hmm. you can start to create rules and say i don't even want this showing up mm-hmm. i don't need an email from linkedin saying that you know jamie accepted my request mm-hmm. i'll see that when i'm on linkedin mm-hmm. right so linkedin emails you know <laughs> get rid of those right or whatever it is so that'll reduce that mm-hmm. and then ultimately you get yourself to a point where you have a few emails even going over there yeah because psychologically there's still a stress around even though you think you're hiding it mm-hmm. and there's nothing there it's still there and yeah. you still know <laughs> and it can create a little bit of stress around what am i what am i le- leaving out what mm-hmm. am i not responding to mm-hmm. what am i missing out on is there right. some kind of an announcement that i really wanted to Most see of it's just tax it is just newsletters yeah junk stuff right yeah and a lot of it's like i've also like gone through and unsubscribed like i'm brilliant this is my new like my new thing this year is to just unsubscribe to anything i don't ever actually open Mm -hmm. so you know cpa letter daily okay well i actually signed up for that one so i'll hold that you know i'll hold on to those if i need to reference them Mm -hmm. later um or but like you know i just have so many people in my life that are sending like daily stuff and i'm like i love you very much but i need you to stop sending you know i can't right (laughs) It's not personal. <laughs> well, that's good. That's setting expectations. That's mm-hmm. that's part of, you know, how you manage interruptions is mm-hmm. being clear with people, the interruptions that you'll allow and that you won't allow. Yeah. And when in the day you're going to be open to them and when you're not. Yeah. Right? So if you set expectations with people, that's one of the things that gets missed the most in larger organizations. Mm-hmm. Easier for small business. You know, you got a team of five or six people. Mm-hmm. You can kind of keep that, you know kind of tight and people Mm -hmm. understand but when you're in a large organization that's cross-functioning between you know Mm -hmm. different departments and stuff like that it's a little harder to do but you can do it and the better you get at setting those expectations the more time you'll free up for yourself yeah i have found that when i stopped responding immediately to people's emails like we always respond between you know between 24 and 48 hours like that is company policy Mm. because we are responsive that doesn't mean i need to be immediately responsive which would be reactive would yeah which would be reactive we talked about that last time so um you know i found that people really do know that i probably took it you know i'm not on my email all day because i am trying to work on stuff um and you know very rarely does anybody like have an issue or you know they know that i'm just not in my inbox exactly again if you're setting expectations email response time is 24 hours then live that yeah, you know when you do. process your email mm-hmm. that's when you respond but people that you know immediately respond all the time they're creating a false expectation for people that they'll do that mm-hmm. so then the next time they send an email and you don't respond right away they're calling you saying hey did you get my email Right? Yeah. So how much intrusive is that? It's right? very, it's very intrusive. It's, it's a big interruption. So set the expectation and then live by that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I learned real quick to just do it during work hours anyway, you know, to not, I don't, 
respond to emails on the weekends. I rarely even check them on the weekends. Unless I'm waiting for something and I'm working on it. Right. I'm not... I'm not even in my inbox. And that's good, you know, and everybody's going to have a little bit of a different approach to that and what mm-hmm. works for them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for me, I, I've had a colleague before ask me, um, Steve, I saw that you sent this email at 830 at night. You know, you're not really representing the work-life balance and the synergy that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm like, actually, I am. Mm-hmm. I said, because if you cared to look at my calendar, mm-hmm. what you would see that while I did start at 6 in the morning, mm-hmm. you'll see that I went to gym at noon for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You see, I picked up my daughter at 3 o'clock and right. I made my family for my dinner at 6. Mm-hmm. So even though I was sending that email at 8.30, if you looked at my calendar, you saw I put in a 10-hour day. Right. I, did, I wasn't working. 16 hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, how I get my synergy is by some days having that flexibility in the mm-hmm. day where I can do things differently. Mm-hmm. And I chose to process my email later at night mm-hmm. that night to make it work on my calendar. Right. But that was, that was on purpose. Yeah, it was on purpose and it allowed and afforded me the opportunity that I wanted to have for my well being, going to the gym mm-hmm. and for spending time with my family and supporting my daughter and her concert and all that stuff. Right. So, um, it looks different for different people. As long, the key is that you're getting that balance that you need, and the important things in your personal life are still being addressed as important as the important stuff in your work. How that works for you, if it's turning it on at 8 and turning it off at 4 and then just having a clean break and putting your work phone away, awesome mm-hmm. if that works for you. Sometimes it's splitting things up a little bit. I love it. Yep. I love it. And I we kind of came back to that piece about like work work how it works for you. Mm-hmm. You like know what works for you and your life and just build around that. Which is another reason why that week in review is so awesome because if you find yourself into a bit of a rut or you know you're falling behind on something or you know you're, you're doing you're getting things done mm-hmm. and you're and you're accomplishing what you need to accomplish but you don't feel like there's that synergy there. Mm-hmm. You can go back and look at previous weeks and say okay. I see why it's working, but how come I'm not getting this other thing fulfilled Mm -hmm. and try some different stuff out. But if you're not conscious of that Mm -hmm. and you're not taking the time to do it, then you're just in that whirlwind of just thinking it can't be any better. Mm -hmm. And it can be, but you just got to know what you got to work on. And you don't know that unless you're reviewing it. And it's, it's a powerful tool. And I don't know why everybody, you know, can't just get on board with it because, (laughs) because to be honest with you, Um, it is a life changer. Yeah. It really is. There's sometimes when I do the, the, the take back your life class in the room, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in that eight or nine hours for 30 to 40 people in the room mm-hmm. at a time. So you can't customize stuff. So you're giving them, you know, general categories and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And when you talk about the weekly review, you know, you really stress for them how important it is. And then you'll do the the post-survey results about a month later, and you'll mm-hmm. see how much progress they had on how they managed their emails and mm-hmm. how they managed interruptions and all this stuff. And the weekly review, sometimes it's like they're just not getting it yet. And it takes that second kind of follow-up with mm-hmm. them to really get them on board for that. Part of that's because they're getting a lot of information at once. Mm-hmm. And part of it is I think people struggle giving, to give themselves permission to take that hour for personal development, so to speak, you right. know, to, to really to, to really work on themselves. But it's it's so immensely um, purposeful and and beneficial if you do it that you're going to win back so much time by doing that and by not reworking stuff, doing things over, by having mm-hmm. focus, mm-hmm. by being laser focused on your goals and your projects, and make sure you're getting time for that kind of stuff. It, it is hugely valuable, which is why it's my, it's in my good. opinion, the most valuable tool that you can have. I love it. So let's talk about Crawford and Gray. 
Um, can you give us a quick reminder of what you guys do with sure. Crawford? So Crawford and Gray, we're a small business advocate here mm-hmm. in, in Denver, Colorado market area. We help entrepreneurs, people that are starting small businesses or people that have a small business that's already existing that's looking to take the next step for growth. We help them with free advisory services. So, you know, it could be reviewing their business plan trying to help them figure out how much money they really do need to start the business. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, very rarely are people spot on with that. Mm-hmm. They think they need more than they do or they think they need less than they do. Well, they're buying a business um, and the broker's telling them they need less than right, they do. I'm like, right. no, 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 I'm cal- calculating double of That's, double yeah, than those expenses. Exactly. So, you know, a place they can go where they can get some advice mm-hmm. and get some guidance. And then the, the biggest benefit is that we connect them with our network. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're getting ready to open up a, a retail store, let's say, um, a shop of some kind. Well, you're going to need merchant services for your credit cards. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to need you know some a website developed and a strategy around SEO or whatever you know your marketing is going to be. You're going to need a CPA. You're going to need you know X Y Z right lawyer. all this different mm-hmm. stuff. So what we can do is say, here's a network of people that we've worked with that we've connected with that mm-hmm. we trust and, and endorse. It saves them a lot of time mm-hmm. because they don't have to you know be flipping through. You know, the yellow pages, right? Going through, nobody has yellow pages anymore, but searching up online, you're getting a referral. Mm -hmm. And so that's beneficial to the the business owner because they're getting somebody recommended. Mm -hmm. It's beneficial to my network because I'm referring them a new client. Mm -hmm. So everybody really pays off great with that. And then in very rare cases, Mm -hmm. um, we will actually invest in them ourselves. So last year we helped over 85 business owners. We invested in three. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that just goes to show you 82% of them just got free advice and connected to people. Mm-hmm. Three of them actually became clients of ours where we actually invested money in their business. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you have any businesses in the works right now? With um, we have one that's pending right now. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a unique one. Um, typically, we don't ask for equity at all mm-hmm. in our clients. We want them to own their businesses, mm-hmm. and we have very client-friendly terms for how we invest in them and how they pay us back. Um, but this one's interesting because it's not about uh, monthly revenue for them. Mm-hmm. He's, he's got a patent on a technology, oh, wow. and it's all about just doing a proof of concept and then selling it. Oh, wow. So this is going to be a unique one for us because we're going in there without a, um, a percentage of revenue or a payback term. It's strictly a percentage of ownership, sell the company, and we'll make whatever out of it. That's awesome. So it's kind of unique for us, so that's kind of exciting. Um, and then that's the only one that we have in the works right now for investing because – um, as we invest in clients, we have to wait for them to pay us back to put the money back in the <laughs> to, bank to, to, invest. to invest in the next because it's just Kevin and I, my mm-hmm. business partner, and um, we don't pay ourselves any money out of this business. So whatever money we get in there just builds up so we can invest in the next one. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just one's all we can handle right now. But <laughs> I got, you know, about um, two dozen uh, business owners and potential business oh, owners wow. that I'm working with right now just on the free advisory piece that I'm connecting with people and just having conversations with. I love it. Yeah, it's and for me, that's really fulfilling too so just because I love small business. My wife's a small business mm-hmm. owner. Um, I network with small business people because I just love it, entrepreneurial spirit. I'm an entrepreneur as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think small business is, is key for our economy. I think that it's important for families. Mm -hmm. I think it's a way if you really want to take the reins and you don't want to work in a corporate world, Mm -hmm. um, which there's nothing wrong with that. But if you, if you don't want to work in a corporate world, go create something for yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, monetize and make a business out of it. 
And I think that's huge. So that I, I love huge. to support that. And so just giving people advice and helping them with that the best we can. Awesome. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. uh, so before I ask my last question, uh, where is the easiest way or what is the easiest way for people to find you? That's a great question because There's any given day I could be going seven different directions. <laughs> um, so probably the best way is to uh, connect with me on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. That's that's the, the social media platform I use the most mm -hmm. um, for business. Um, Stephen D. Crawford is, is my profile. I don't like it. Or, or email me, mm -hmm. Stephen D. Crawford at mcgeepro.com. Awesome. Um, my email response time is 24 hours. <laughs> um, so if you catch me before I process email that afternoon, you might get a It'd response right away. Right. But otherwise, <laughs> it'll be the next day. But um, yeah, anybody that wants to reach out to me for any questions, happy to talk to anybody. I love it. Awesome. Um, so my final question for you today is what are you currently reading? I finally put myself in a position where I put myself on a hiatus from reading <laughs> for a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, I did that on purpose. Um, I think you know that about me. I read a ton, yeah, and I, I read just about anything. <laughs> um, I love novels. Michael Connolly is one mm -hmm. of my favorites. Um, business books and so forth. Um, Sally McGee, our CEO, just put out an email the other day um, asking us to buy a certain book that she wants us to read mm -hmm. prior to some development work we're going to be doing internally. Mm -hmm. So I bought the book. But I put it on my calendar and started reading it <laughs> next month because I've given myself a break from it for two reasons. Um, I, I tend to get consumed in Me the too. books. Mm -hmm. And while that's a good thing, mm -hmm. it could be a bad thing as well because um, just like anything else that we have that are distractions, you know, I told myself I was going to read for an hour. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to just read a little bit more because it's at a good part of the book. Yeah. And, you know, it's an hour past when I wanted to go to bed. <laughs> it's me. So Every I, night I, my I husband's get, like, I get a little addicted to it. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the book I, um, I'm going to be reading next is Measure What Matters Most. Okay. Um, it's got some concepts in there that not only align with some of the stuff we do at McGee Productivity mm -hmm. Solutions, but also with one of my largest clients and one of the partners that we work with, which is Microsoft. Um, so they're driving productivity through teams is a program that we have for mm -hmm. training around using teams mm -hmm. internally. And there's some work board stuff inside of there that this book is tied really nicely to, okay. even though it has nothing to do with the technology, mm -hmm. the concepts of it. So I'm looking forward to reading that one next. That one sounds interesting. Yeah. it's And that's a total productivity nerd type book, right? Totally yeah. different than reading a novel or really like a biography <laughs> or something. So I, like I said, I read just about anything. I'm a firm believer that, you know, the more you know, right? Right. Absolutely. We need a little sound. Can you edit that in? <laughs> but yeah, I'm just kind of addicted to reading and just trying to that's learn why about I asked stuff. That question. I was yeah. curious as to what you're reading. But yeah, for, for right now, I'm actually not actively reading anything. And that's I, that's I just, really good. It's kind of like cold turkey for I don't know if I could do rehab. That. that is. I know. It would have to be cold turkey for me, too. I read a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I actually just um, subscribed to, to Blinkist. Not sponsored yet. Hello, Blinkist. You yeah. can sponsor us. Um, and they just do, like, the snippets uh -huh. of yeah. the books. And it's, and it's auto mm -hmm. audio. So then I can, like crank through a bunch of books, and then decide if I actually want to read them. That's exactly what I did. I, I did the same thing. I downloaded that app. I tried it a couple times. It, it actually got me to look at a couple different books that I would have never thought I would have mm -hmm. looked at. But typically, I just get mine recommended all the time because mm -hmm. all my friends know I'm a nerd. So, right. So <laughs> I'm get, I get emails all the time saying, here's a book you should read, here's a book you should read. So I put those in my SNA read, read folder, right? And then when it's time for me to get another book, I just mm -hmm. go in there and pull one out. And you're like, hey, what's next? Yep. I love it. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks again for having me. <laughs> Appreciate it. Awesome. Yay!
Hey y'all, thanks for listening. If you found this podcast to be inspiring, helpful, and entertaining, please like and subscribe. This helps us grow the community and reach more people. If you're interested in learning more about this episode's guests or accessing any of the books or other resources mentioned in this episode, be sure to check out the description box below. Until next time, be abundant.